Welcome to this week's edition of the Blackstreet Diaries Matcast. I'm Garrett Carr. He's Clay Sourty. Clay, how are you? I'm doing good. Doing golden. Uh, two big wins for Penn State. Um, glad to be back podcasting. Glad to have some Penn State wrestling to reflect on. And then glad to be in the heart of the Big Ten season. Yeah, it's been a while since we've actually had some like real team-wide wrestling to talk about. Yep, about uh, three weeks or so that Penn State had off there. Um, got back into the thick of things, and they were kind of thrown right into the fire. Yeah, and really, I mean, no offense to the Binghamton Bearcats, but as you said in, in your Blackshirt Diaries article, we, we really bamboozled them. That wasn't much of a match. So this is really our first like competition in a while. It's really probably yeah. since Lehigh. Yeah, um, some a couple of tough dual opponents, um, particularly the second one we'll get to in Nebraska. But uh, some tests... Some good opportunities to see some Minnesota there. Hey, step it up. A couple of chances to see some young guys, how they're going to perform on the road in some hostile environments. And a couple of really good results. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, So, yeah, let's start off at Friday night with the Gophers. And uh, Clay... Thoughts on Minnesota's a decision to draw weights instead of just go at 125? It certainly didn't work in their favor. Um, the decision apparently was due to Mitch McKee's struggle to get down to 133. They, they wanted to give him some time before he ended up wrestling. Um, I'm not sure how much it helped, which we'll touch on later. Uh, but, I mean, it, if that was the objective, it worked out like only one weight worse than the, like, the best it could have. Yeah, um, but ended up drawing weights, ended up starting at uh, 149, which if you're starting a duel against Penn State and there's one weight you probably don't want to start at, it's, it's got to be 149, correct? Yeah, I would think so. So not the best, uh, maybe not the best of luck there for Minnesota, but um, I think that's the last time uh, Mitch McKee struggles with his descent. Yeah, really. Um and, and, and a good good nugget there on McKee. So we start at 149. And, uh, of course, you know, I'm trying to watch the, the Big Ten Network feed, and that's not working. It's frustrating people. But we miss it, and uh, Zane Weatherford gets, goes out there and gets the fall. Yeah. Um, BTN Plus, um, a disclaimer, I can deal with your announcers who don't know anything about wrestling. I can deal with your shoddy camera work. I can even deal with like the really bad graphics that don't let you know what's going on. Not a <laughs> huge man. fan of of the no wrestling uh, of no wrestling when I'm paying for your <laughs> service. But that being said, didn't seem to affect Zane Rutherford. Came out against poor Carson Brolsma of Minnesota, who's down from 59 or down from 57, replacing the recently departed Freddie Stroker, who decided that. Rest in he peace. had had enough of the Minnesota the, wrestling room and decided to transfer. Whatever was going on up there. <laughs> so, um, Brolsma gets thrown to the Wolves. Uh, Rutherford gets a couple of early takedowns, I believe, and ends up with the the fall in 228. And just like that, the decision to draw to see where they start is uh, not looking so great for, for Minnesota. Yeah, Zane, you know, doing Zane things. Looks good. Uh, and then we go to 157 with, uh, you know, the second half of that, the, kind of the, you know, the Bash brothers in the middle of the lineup there for Penn State. Everyone's favorite wrestler. Clay, tell us, what did Jason Nolf do? Jason Nolf pinned Jake Short of Minnesota um, in, let's bring that time up, three minutes and 44 seconds. And actually, uh, looks like it may have, could have come sooner if he wanted it to. Um, just a really dominant performance by Nolf against number 10 ranked wrestler in the country, according to Flow Wrestling. Um, I actually spoke with Blackstreet Diaries editor uh, Carrie Green, who handles some wrestling coverage, and she was a bit surprised at Nolf's fall over short. I'm not sure nah. that I'm in the same boat. Um, 157. Nah, I think we both had a pin. 157, not really the deepest weight this year. Um, right now, the th- third-ranked guy in the country is Tyler Berger, who Nolf kind of took care of last year, 19-3, to and took care of this year, which we'll, t- we'll touch on in a bit. But um, just a pretty dominant performance by Jason Nolf, and you come to expect that type of thing from him. 
Yeah, Nolf's good. That's not really that surprising. Uh, what he did, um, Jake Short overmatch. Then we go to 165, and we go to Senzo Joseph against number against uh, highly ranked Nick Wanzak, a top 15 kid there, depending on your service. And Joseph with a nice win, uh, 7-4. Yeah, we've got uh, Wanzak at uh, lucky number 13, according to Flo. Um, or not Joseph, Wa- yeah, Wanzak was is number 13. Uh, down from 174, replacing senior Brandon Kingsley. Um, also could have been Larry Early the third who side transfer, who's I know has kind of gone between 57 and 65. Um, interesting performance by Chenzo. He looked um, the better wrestler for most of the match. Um, there was a point in the third period where yeah. Wanzik was able to get a takedown, and the Minnesota announcers actually mentioned that they thought Chenzo was gassing a bit. Um, to which Chenzo responded by shooting through a double leg and opening the margin to 7-4 and actually rode that period out to get the 7-4 decision. So a really nice thing to see with Chenzo against a solid wrestler. That if he needs a takedown, that he can kind of get that, I don't want to say whenever he wants, but knows he has it in his back pocket. Yeah, I, I thought it was kind of uh, com- and, like, compared to – like. In a basketball game, like you can't make a shot for a couple minutes. That's what it was like for like 30 seconds in that match. Where like Senzo looked totally out of it. Then he like he responded kind of. That makes sense. It's very interesting to see Chenzo work this year. Um, on the freestyle circuit, he he has a nice little low single that he uses pretty often, and I don't think he's used that enough this year. Um, I believe I touched. Excuse me, there. I touched on it on the last pod that I'd like to see him. Work that low single a little more. Uh, maybe shelf the leg and look to finish. I think he can get the legs more often than he has. He, uh, he needs to shoot more. I don't know whether it's a confidence thing, whether it's a stamina thing, but he's a really, really good finisher if he can get on the leg. And I'd like to see him shoot a bit more and maybe, maybe get that takedown count up. And I don't think it's... Um, Inability. I just think he's been a bit hesitant at times this year. Yeah, I agree. So let's go to 174 now. Uh, Gina Morelli gets the start over Shakur Rashid, who may or may not be dealing with injury problems. Uh, we really don't know. Uh, not that not that Gina wasn't deserving of the spot. I was just making the point. Uh, and he goes against Chris Farr, the lesser of the two Farr brothers, and he gets a controlled 5-2 win. Yeah, um, this was pretty typical Gino. Um Couple of takedowns and escape. Uh, was able to ride far a bit. Um, never really looked in danger. Just a, a really um, methodical performance. Um, I don't want to say filling in, but starting over Shakur Rashid, who apparently is dealing with a skin infection, which is the second second time, I believe, in two or three years that Shakur has had a skin infection. So unfortunate for him. I don't know whether it was just a matter, whether it was a health thing or whether he just wouldn't have passed skin check. But, uh, Gino in there. Would like to see maybe a couple more points from him, but it, it is what it is at this point. You know what you're going to get. Um, as long as he's winning matches, which he's done against everybody not named Shakur Rashid this year, um, it's tough to complain. He's just really, really solid. Yeah, very solid. We go to 184, Bo Nickel uh, against Bobby Stevenson. Though I see here the Penn State wrestling has a typo. They said Stevenson. It's just Stevenson. Uh, calling you out, Pat. Uh, but um, Bo goes in there and uh, pins uh, Gable's older brother. Yeah, um, not enough. Um, not a nice moment there for uh, Bobby Stevens having to come out against a still pissed off Bo Nickel, who I'm pretty sure is going to be pissed off until he's able forever. to. No, to forever. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's true, but maybe until he gets a chance at redemption this year. Um, he worked him over pretty good. Uh, well, a couple takedowns, and then Stevenson looked shot, I mean, maybe two two minutes into this match. Um, but it was just really on another level, which we'll, we'll touch on again later in the podcast. But um, I think there's really no arguing right now that he's cemented himself either in a tier with Gabe Dean or a tier below Gabe Dean and above everybody else at 184. Yeah, for sure. 
Then we go to 197. Uh, we have the good Far brother. Brett Farr gets Matt McCutcheon. And McCutcheon got to the legs a lot, but that doesn't really bother Farr. He's good. He's a good scrambler. And ultimately, McCutcheon never really gets close to a takedown, and Farr wins 3-2. Uh, to two. Yeah, we had a bit of a dissension here. We talked about this uh, earlier today. Actually, I had a conversation briefly with Christian Piles about this, who kind of agreed with me that McCutcheon looked good, but agreed with you that he wasn't necessarily take close to the winning takedown. Um, Farr's been pretty outstanding this year. Farr is, I think, clearly the number two wrestler in the country. Obviously, he's ranked there, but I don't think there's any real debate that he's the only guy that's maybe close to Jaden Cox. Obviously, wrestled Jaden very close to the scuffle, lost 6-4 in the final, and had it 4-4 at one point. Um, Cutch wrestling close, got in on legs. Um, Farr's really, really outstanding at kind of going over the top and grabbing that far ankle and getting into a scramble situation. I was impressed with McCutcheon. Uh, I know some were less so, but... Um, Who are you I talking thought, about? The I thought, you mean me? Well, you're not the only one. Uh, I, I think there, <laughs> there are people out there that would like to see him come a little closer to finishing those takedowns, but I also think that his second match of the weekend, which we'll touch on later, soured it a bit. I, I think he come out yeah, with no, a different... I, I didn't feel that bad about it Friday night. I, th- I think he'd come out with a different result on Sunday. We'd be talking about a whole different score- story regarding where Matt McCutcheon is right now. Well, you texted me Friday night telling me that you thought McCutcheon was going to wrestle. Uh, you know, the wording that we've been using uh, colloquially between the two of us is on the middle mats Friday night, you know, referencing the fact that typically, unless you're at Madison Square Garden at NCAAs, they'll wrestle the semifinals on the middle mats uh, of the six on Friday night. So, you know, you, you were telling me he was going to make the semis, and I wasn't too against that at the time, I don't think. But yeah, and um, but then looking, after Sunday, I was like, eh. Looking at 197 this year, there's um, there's Jaden Cox, there's a bit of a plateau, there's Brett Farr, and then there is a cliff until, I believe, Jared Haught is ranked third of Virginia Tech right now um, he, I mean, he at, at 197. Matt McCutcheon can beat Jared Hot. I mean, he don't get me wrong, yeah. he lost Aaron Studebaker. I think he can lose to Jared Hot. Um, but going down the list, Hot, Preston Weigel, um, of Oklahoma State is number four. I kinda like Weigel actually. Um I think Weigel per- presents some issues with his length, but I think he can be beaten. Uh Colin Moore of Ohio State, who's looked Man. outstanding against Jaden Cox, didn't look as good. I thought McCutcheon looked much better against Farr than Colin Moore did. Colin Moore lost 14-7. to um, Jake Smith of West Virginia. And then you get, after Sunday's result, which we'll touch on, Studebaker at 7 and McCutcheon at 8. And really, I think anybody between 3 and even go down to 9 with Nathan Rotert of SDSU, I think anybody from 3 to 9 can beat anybody else there. Moving on to heavyweight, where Nick Nevels uh, put in one of the better performances of the match for Penn State, uh, dominating uh, an All-American candidate in Michael Krells from Minnesota. uh, 4-0, I believe. Uh, Really, really great win there for Nick. Yeah, um, really glad to see Nick back on the mat and back healthy. Um, Outstanding performance. Got a takedown in the second period after getting the early escape. Um, Rode out that period, then was able to ride out the fourth to pick up the 4-0 victory. The third period to pick up nothing victory, sorry. Um, I think you're starting to see the Nick Devils that we all kind of expected to see um, going into the season and after his recruitment, um, pre-foot injury and then pre-shoulder injury. Um, I think you've seen him establish himself on a tier maybe right below the top three of Snyder, Medbury, and Walls. Um, might even be able to crack that tier of Medbury and Walls, though. Um We'll be able to see that maybe in a week or two when we take on Wisconsin. Um, just really happy with the way that Nick's progressed. Um, I think he's become a very smart wrestler in addition to one of the more athletic heavyweights out there, and it puts him in a position for some really great success over the next three years for both himself and the team. Yeah, he's uh, he's quite the stud. Let's go to the other Nick brother. Um, I kind of like this, Clay, having the... Having them wrestle back to back, the Knicks back to back, big and little. 
Yeah, the Knicks. Neville, Suriano, and Stevie. My favorite. Stevie Knicks. <laughs> yes, my favorite Knicks as well. You're not a... Are you not a Giants fan? Don't like Hakeem next? Not, not a big Hakeem fan. Sorry, buddy. Burned my Cowboys too many times. But um, yeah, a really impressive performance by Soriano, right? Yeah. Well, you know, he gets the three first period takedowns. He, um, you know, I mean, he doesn't do a great job on bottom, but he doesn't do a terrible job. I mean, Lezak has made some good wrestlers look foolish on bottom. Lezak probably is the best uh, rider on the, in, in the weight. So, you know, Suriano doesn't get turned, uh, and it uh, adds up to an 8-6 victory. He does give up his first takedown. It was kind of a cheap one, um, but, I mean, it's whatever. Yeah, the first takedown uh, Suriano's given up since in folk style since his freshman year of high school, which is just Jeepers. absurd. 8-6 um, win, I didn't think it was as close as the score. I definitely don't think he should have got hit for a stall point, which we'll get on a bit later. Um, I thought that was a bit of a ridiculous call, but... Really dominating performance, and I think uh, similar to Neville's, he kind of cemented himself as um, maybe that second or third best guy in the country right there with, with Gilman and Dance above that tier. Under him where you've got have, guys like Cruz, Lee, I mean, I have him in top tier, so... Yeah, I, I, I think it's a bit different where, from Neville's where you don't have necessarily a Kyle Snyder. Um, we definitely don't I have a Kyle Snyder. I, I think Soriano might be the Kyle Snyder. There's nothing to show me so far that he isn't. I don't know if I go that far, but I also think um, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I think he's going to be in a position to contend for a national title, and I think he cemented himself above that tier of guys like Lee Zach and Cruz, and maybe even Dylan Peters, who struggled a bit this year. Oh, uh, I like I like Dylan Peters too. No, I, I think Dylan Peters is an outstanding wrestler and really fun to watch. I just think um, sorry, I was no, a, but he has far, the far he more consistent far. wrestler, and I, I would favor him and. In that matchup, probably nine out of ten times. Uh, yeah. So, um, moving on to one thirty-three, um, George Carpenter gets a start. Go, George Clay. Did you know that George didn't start wrestling until high school? I don't know that I knew that. Um, if that's now the case, that's just a, a, that's just something I read on the blue, blue WI board. But like, no one would. Really, I doubt anyone would lie about that. So, really impressive if that's the case. Um, but a good performance here from George. I thought he got screwed. Um, I thought he should have at least had a chance to take the match to sudden victory. Uh, comes out and really gives up a takedown in the first 30 seconds or so of the match to Mitch McKee, um, highly tied recruit out of Minnesota, uh, state and state with the Gophers. Um, really known for his freestyle prowess um, and some of his Greco prowess. But McKee gets the early takedown, gets the ride out, not looking great for George. And then George um, actually... McKee gets a choice and takes bottom, and George rides out the entire period. Um, so he goes into, cuts the riding time down to, I believe, like 17, 18 yeah. seconds. Goes into the if third. If only George would have been able to get out, it, like in that first period. If, if only he'd been able to get out, ride him out, get the riding time point, and then take down and get another yeah, point. I was very surprised with, um, we, we talked about this before, I don't quite understand why coaches necessarily feel the need to put their wrestlers under. Um, if I'm McKee and I have choice that second period, I'm without a doubt, taking top. I mean, it's it's not even a question. I think you either put yourself in a position to turn the wrestler to ride up the period and lock riding time before you even get to the third. As is, he chose bottom, got ridden out, um, which gave George um, just an 18-second, I believe, deficit going into the third. And then George rode out the third, giving him a riding time point. That being said, McKee didn't get hit for stalling until... I believe it was like five seconds left in the match. Yeah, ten and seconds. It was not enough time to stall again. I, I I have two issues there. I thought, given the call that was made against Suriano the match before, um, McKee was doing far less on bottom. So, in that case, he could have easily been hit for stalling far sooner. And if you're going to make a stalling call, don't make it with, with five seconds to go and one, one guy going underneath. Because... All you're doing is making yourself feel better about calling it. You're not changing anything in the match. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that referee necessarily should change anything in the match, but the point of the stalling call is either to initiate action or to inform the wrestler on the bottom that he's not doing enough, which doesn't change anything with five seconds to go in the match. I mean, you're, you're not ever going to make another stalling call in that position with five seconds left. So I, I thought it was ridiculously poorly refed. Um, and that Georgia had a chance to take that match into into sudden victory. 
No, I agree 100% about all that stuff. Stalin came late. Let's go to Jimmy, Jimmy Gulaban, Clay, our uh, our own personal Jekyll and Hyde uh, on the Penta Wrestling team. And uh, he was good today. He got the man of the match performance uh, I gave out in my article. Um, you know, with a really great win over Tommy Thorne. Yeah, um, really solid performance by Jimmy, especially from falling behind too well early. Uh, we've seen that happen where things have just kind of fallen apart. Actually, we saw that pretty quickly after this match. Um, but gets down 2-0, gets the escape, gets a uh, takedown at the end of the first, and gets the ride out. Actually heads into the second period up 3-0. Um, Thorne is able to ride Gulliban pretty well in the second period and get an escape in the, in the middle of the third to make it 4-4 with, or I guess it was 4-3 at that point with, with riding time in favor of Thorne. And Jimmy does what he needs to do. Gets a late takedown. Um, finishes pretty quickly, although I was kind of skeptical about the two call. I thought it, it, was, it was a very early call for the two. Yeah, a little early. Um, I thought Jimmy was kind of laying still perpendicular across his body. But I'm not going to complain. And a really good performance against a ranked wrestler for Jimmy Goldman. Yay, Jim. So, all in all, a pretty fantastic performance um, for Penn State. Their first. The first road duel of the year, correct? Yeah. The first road no. duel. No. no. At Army. Oh, yeah. First road, first Big Ten duel of the year, and obviously then first road Big Ten duel of the year in a hostile environment and never looked in any trouble. So really encouraging signs from a lot of guys in Minneapolis. Yes. Let's go to Lincoln, Nebraska, little uh, southwest uh, trip down the heart of middle America, uh, flyover state country. And let's go to uh, 125 there. It starts off with a real barn burner, uh, Suriano Lambert. And I thought Suriano looked real good. Yeah, this is funny. We talked about um, before how I thought Suriano looked better than the score in the match against Lezak. I didn't think he looked as good against Lambert. Um, never in any threat, 1-3-2. Lambert never even got close to the legs. Um, gets a takedown in the second, gives up an escape. Um, and then gives up an escape in the third, um, at which point he's up 3-2. Gets in, in deep on a takedown with about 40 seconds to go to, to kill some time. And I thought he actually could have finished that. I thought he probably should have worked a little harder to get the finish on there to make it 5-2. But referee stalemates it. Um, two work on their feet for the last 30 seconds. Neither really comes close to a takedown. Soriano actually gets dinged for stalling, which I thought was pretty ridiculous given how the match had gone prior. Um, but walks away with a comfortable 3-2 decision and capping a weekend with two victories over two uh, top 10 ranked wrestlers in Lezak and Lambert. And I think it's just um, indicative of the consistency you expect from Soriano at this point. That's a victory over yeah. number four and then a victory over number seven. And Absolutely. never once did he really look in any trouble against either one. Absolutely. Let's go to 133. And uh, not as good for Penn State. Uh, George Carpenter overmatched against one of my favorite wrestlers in the country and, and my sleeper pick uh, overall in the country to win a championship, uh, Eric Montoya. Uh, Montoya really overmatched him um, on and, and, and route to a tech fall. Yeah, um, I kind of felt like George was a bit of a lamb to slaughter here. Um, just not on that level yet. Um, Montoya looks to have really taken another jump this year from All-American to real true contender. Um, I'm not sure if I quite put him in a category with maybe a Clark or a Tomasella right now, um, or maybe we'll, maybe even we'll a, find out though. Maybe even Kate Brock, but like you said, we're gonna we're gonna find out. He's definitely gonna have the opportunity. Um, but just a, a really tough matchup for for George and a really good performance for Montoya, who's been nothing short of outstanding thus far this season. I agree. Let's go to 141 here. We have. Uh... Well, I said, you know, Jim is Jekyll and Hyde, and uh, we saw Hyde. Yeah, um, that wasn't pretty at all. Um, Jimmy no, got his tail Not whipped. good. Um, yes, repeatedly for 6 minutes 50 seconds. That being said, um, tw- loses a 12-5 decision after being down, I believe, 10-2 to two at one point. Um, so good job by yeah. Jimmy to work back and avoid the major and help his team out. Um, nice to see that he's not quitting. Um, but I just think it's 
kind of where you're at with Jimmy right now. You never know what you're going to get. Um, I think his 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 downside's probably a little lower than his upside is high. Um, we've kind of put to bed the conversation of on his best day he can beat anybody, on his worst day he can lose to anybody. I don't think he's capable of beating anybody on his best day. I just don't think he's that wrestler. Um, but he's certainly capable of losing to anybody. And um, not a knock on McChrystal, who's been a solid top fifteen, top twenty guy all year on Flow. Um, came into this match ranked, I believe, thirteenth or fourteenth on Flow Wrestling. Um, took a loss at Midlands to the one forty one from from um, North Dakota State by fall, but he was leading. But now McChrystal's ranked eleven in the country, so there are worse losses to take. But it was just a really ugly performance all around for for Jimmy Golobon. Not good, Jim. Not good, Jim. Yeah, got to get more consistency out of Jimbo there. At this point, I think right, we, so we'll we've see. really talked about it all year. I think um, you're going to get what you're going to get. I think um, if you're building yourself up to see some fantastic, like, round the form into consistency and beating, like, mid to low tier All Americans, like, fifth to 12th ranked guys, I just don't think that's something you're going to get. I mean, I'd love to, but I, I don't see it. I don't know that they're going to end up getting points there in March. And I really haven't been counting on points there for March. I, I mean, if we got it, it was nice. If we didn't, you should have known going into the season having watched an entire year of Golubon last year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's go to 149. Uh, this kid is consistent. He consistently wins. He hasn't lost in a very long time. Not much to talk about here. Zane gets the major, 19-6 to over Colin Puritan. Uh, and then we go to 157. Uh, let's play our favorite game of the show. Clay, what did Jason Nolf do? Jason Nolf uh, put a bit of a weapon on Tyler Berger, who has been pretty outstanding, actually, this year. Uh, closed the gap from last year where he lost 19-3 to to Nolf. Um, only lost 15-7 this time, but really looked at, Nolf looked in control. Uh, impressive showing by Berger to uh, get a takedown late in the th- or midway through the third. Uh, really impressive gas tank by Berger, who I thought had camera beat in Midlands. It might be the number two or three guy in the country right now at 157. Um, I believe right now on Flow Wrestling, he's ranked in the top three or four. Um, yeah, rank, ranked third right now by Flow Wrestling, right above Jordan Cutler of Lehigh and right below Kemmerer. Um, I know that match against Kemmerer was a bit contentious for some, but Nolf's just on another planet. Um, for many of the rest of these guys at 157. And cutting back to Zane real quick, 19-6, to 6, I thought he probably got um, a little unlucky. Could have got a few more stalling calls on Puritan, who showed no attempt to fight up from bottom or no attempt to push forward, and only got hit for dinged for one stalling point, which was a, a bit ridiculous. Um, but about what you expect out of both of these guys. And I think it also says more about Berger than it does about Nolf. Uh, I, I think... Burgers really climbed levels from last year to this year. Let's go to 165. Um, and Vince, uh, Vincenzo Joseph goes out there and gets another nice win uh, for Penn State. Yeah, um, taking on, I believe, freshman Dustin Williams from Nebraska, 27 victory. Really tried hard. I, this was, uh, it was kind of funny, the Minnesota match uh, we touched on, the announcers mentioning him gassing. Well, right now he was in on a shot with five seconds to go to try to get a tech fall. So clearly there wasn't much gas tank issues this week. Um, used a nice, uh, nice little inside trip, I believe it was, if I recall correctly. It's, my my memory's a bit fuzzy to pick up a big four and a big four and then back points. And I actually thought he had the fall at one point. I thought the referee was he out, did, but the ref, the ref was down. a bit out of position there. Uh, I thought he had the fall on the edge of the map, but. This was, um, I thought, one of Chenzo's best performances of the year other than the Chad Walsh win. Um, obviously not a highly tied guy, but you want to see elite guys at, at the weight putting up big bonus. And We might need bonus points. You want to see him putting up big bonus, and that was exactly what he did coming out uh, against Nebraska, really put in a pretty great performance. I agree, I agree. Let's go to um, 174 pounds. Gino Morelli, all reliable, uh, does his job. Yeah, uh, two to one victory here for Gino. 
Um, and think he looked outstanding. I don't, I don't think Michael Barnes is all that great, and he's had a really rough season. But he didn't lose and never looked really in threat of losing. I don't know that Barnes got in on anything at any point. I would like to see Barnes have to come forward a little more, maybe get hit with the stalling. Um, <laughs> Gino, not, I, don't, I don't know that he'll feel this was his best performance of the year, but again, the result was never in question. Um, solid guy who, in the past, I believe, Michael Barnes has been ranked in the very back half of rankings from that 17-20 range in either Flow or Intermat. Um, so, solid performance. Can't complain too much. Would like to see more, but it is what it is. Yeah, it's a good, good like, first-round opponent at NCAA kind of thing. Yeah, um, and again, never looked, result was never in doubt, so I think that's that's nice to see. Let's go to 184 pounds. Bo Nickel, number two, taking on last year's runner-up, TJ Dudley. Bo, a lot better than him. We both predicted it, 10-5. Not much to talk about here other than Bo is just a lot more athletic than Dudley, a better technical wrestler with the bigger gas tank. We uh we nailed this one. Um, actually, I, I think it was probably closer to closer to the major than the result even gave. Um, yeah, Bo was dominant. What was it four takedowns to one? Five yeah. five takedowns to one, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Bo got an escape point. Did Dudley even have a takedown? No, no, I don't think so. Or, or no, five takedowns, no. four takedowns to none. Then, or five takedowns, yeah, five takedowns to none. I don't know. But an outstanding performance by Bo and Nickel is. Or not Nickel. I think Dudley's pretty unquestionably maybe the, the third rest, best wrestler in the country at 184. And Bo was pretty clearly on a different level. And I think it just sets up. Um, if you were going to pick a match in the country that you're like, I'm pretty sure this is what the semifinal is going to be. This is like a pretty good It's going to be Bo Nickel and Tim Dudley. And I think it's also going to yeah, be the final. Yeah, unless, yeah, unless, unless Gabe D loses somewhere. You could see maybe like a, a Sammy Brooks sneak in there. But, yeah, but, but I, mean, I, I, good, I would as good a bet as you're gonna get. I would favor Dudley to to kind of grab that three spot, and um, it sets up a matchup that we're kind of salivating over. And I think the entire country is salivating over. Is hopefully we get a, a Bo Nickel Gabe Dean matchup in the final at 184. Good and chance. Good chance that's the last matchup of. Uh, that's where I'm going. Great minds. Um, I think if you're the organizers and that match comes to fruition. You're looking at a match that could well decide the Hodge Trophy. Um, it could well decide whether Gabe Dean has a third national championship. It allows you Don't to start championship team. It, I can't. It can't be that close that late. I cannot wait it, until 11 p.m. Um, provides organizers a chance to start at 197 with probably a hometown boy in Jaden Cox Jayden. going for a third national championship in front of a hometown crowd and the home team crowd in St. Louis. So really excited about the prospects that don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but Bo was dominant and uh, just a really good performance. Yeah. It'll be interesting. The only other matchup I'm thinking that maybe like depending if it, obviously you'd want it to be a matchup where it could potentially decide the national championship and a win or a lose situation. So like, I don't know if somehow Iowa has a good tournament, like uh, Sorensen, Zane, that'd be, that'd be fun to finish on just because I know we'd win. Um, it was interesting. Um, um, it was pointed out to me by, um, I believe, Dan Lobdell Wrestling Nomad over Flow Wrestling that even if it comes down to a team race, none of the team potential finals are tight matches. Uh, unless we get like a Suriano Gilman. Yeah. That, that's the only one. But right now, I think we most most folks uh, have Oklahoma State as the number two. Oh, man. As number How, about this? How about this? A boat. A Bo Nickel Miles Martin rematch for all the marbles. I would like to see Miles Martin decide that he was going to actually wrestle this year uh, before we even throw that out there. But right now, I think for most, we're, we're looking at Oklahoma State. Dolph probably, JoJo. Oklahoma State's probably actually has a chance. Probably the second. Be, right now, I think we're looking at Oklahoma State, probably the second best team in the country, maybe the first best team in the country. Uh, and yeah, that would the, the matchups in the finals there. I don't think are close. I mean, you would get at 149, you'd probably have possibly Kalika and Zane, which I think Zane, Zane, Zane runs through. The, the, the problem is, like, if Kalika gets to the finals, the Penn State could be in trouble. I don't think that's necessarily the case, but we'll see. Um, at 157, you would Man, see. You're so optimistic. Nolf 
and Joe Smith, and I don't think Joe's on on Nolf's level. Be so satisfying. Um, Maybe, doubtfully, possibly a Kyle Kretschmer, Mark Hall if Hall comes out at 174. We saw that already. Not close. So even if you have three team team title matches in the finals, I think they're pretty cut and dry. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, and just a reminder, uh, other teams, if you want to get Penn State, get them this year, and you're, you're not getting them next year. Yeah, um, this is your window. You don't want to hurry up. We, uh, <laughs> this, is a, this is a one-year window for the next five. Iowa, um, Alex Manarelli, you might want to use that guy. Um, but yeah. back to uh, Nebraska, we had 197. Aaron Studebaker with the fall over Matt McCutcheon. Oh. Oh, that's splatal. So that tight. Was, that was rough. I felt really bad. That looked really, that looked <laughs> outstanding, pain, outstandingly painful. Got him in, got him in the banana split there, and, and took him over. Um, what was it? A, a two to one match. Two to one match heading into the third. Yeah. McC- it, McCutcheon went down. Then, so plus the four backs, plus the four backs. So six one, and then the split. Yeah, but two to one match heading into the third period, um, and Cutch got caught working up with a. Kind of cross body ride and Studebaker threw the legs in, and that was that. I don't think you're going to see McCutcheon make a mistake like that again. I also don't think that that's going to. I mean, I don't think you're going to. I'm not overly concerned. Textbook split. I'm not overly concerned at people coming out left and right now and throwing throwing legs in and split and banana splitting or splatling. Not McCutcheon, but Studebaker moves up in the flow rankings from eight to five. Cutch falls from five to eight. We talked about it earlier. I think anyone from three to nine can beat anyone. I don't want Cutch on to be the eight seed or the seven seed to have to face Far or Cox. So he might want to work his way up. Just a suggestion, but he'll have the opportunity later on in the year with, with, with some good matches against Colin Moore. Uh, he could see Colin Moore get a second time in Big Tens. Could see Studebaker. There's a lot of There's a lot. There's there's time. So I'm I'm not overly concerned. Yeah. Um, we still have a we still have a duel hopefully against Oklahoma State in the thing so we'll like, put it against Weigel so there there's there's time I'm not freaking yeah, out that, here yeah. um, no. 285 Nick Neville's um, great performance really great performance pre- pretty fantastic um, gets I believe choice after goes up two nothing with an early takedown uh, Jensen calls for injury time. Gets choice. Neville takes down. Gets a reversal. Rides out. I believe the entire first period. Um, is up. I want to say was it four one, four one in the third period and yeah, something like that. Up four one in the third period after Jensen gets the second period escape. Chooses down. Uh, catches the head and takes Jensen over for the fall. Gets a reversal on the fall. And what more can you say really right now about Nick? Just a, another really classy performance. Yeah, I agree. Nick is uh, Nick is something else. Uh, so that brings us to the end of the thing. I would say the wrestler of the weekend is Nick Nevels, but I mean, I I could entertain arguments for Nick Suriano. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I think Nevels Suriano, and I'd probably throw Bo Nickel in there as yeah, yeah, as somebody that could be in the conversation. But really, just a pretty outstanding performance by almost the entire team this weekend. Yep. All right, let's move on to this weekend's match. Uh, Rutgers coming to Rec Hall. Uh, this podcast is going to be out Friday, so tonight in Rec Hall. Um, if you don't have a ticket yet, uh, yeah, you're probably not going to get one, Clay. I would assume. Um, better learn how but, to scalp them. Yeah, he, yeah, he better show up with your money. Um, but let's let, let let's go down to Scarlet Knights and let's see what we got here. At 125, Brandon Patesel, freshman, Phillipsburg, New Jersey, 10 and three. Um, I'm predicting a Nick Suriano major decision. Oh, you're, you're nicer than I am. I think Nick's going to get the pin. Uh, well, I, you know, do, I, mean, I, I don't envy this poor kid. I assume kid. that this kid's familiar with Nick, though. That's why, like, I, I assume this kid wrestled Nick a lot. Well, the funny him. thing is 159 kids were probably pretty f- familiar with him in high school, and it worked out pretty poorly for all of them. So Yeah, but they didn't all get pinned. No, but I, I don't know. I just I like the way Suriano's worked on top this year, and oh. I think he's... Oh, speaking does of... Does he have a fall yet this year? Do, what? Do, does Nick have a fall this year? Yeah, he does. He has to. It, it, yeah. it opens. Yeah. Oh, but 
Can we can we comment quickly about the Nebraska PA announcer? I know Jason Bryant um, had has an audio clip of it. I'll see if I can find it on my phone. Of the, uh, the, the Nebraska uh, PA guy was so optimistic about like Nebraska scoring points. It wasn't even optimistic. It was just obnoxious, and I hope that I never have yeah. to listen to the guy again. I'm gonna try to find it on Jason Bryant's thing. It's really funny. But um, working our way through the weights now for records up to 133. We have Scott Delvecchio, a junior out of South Plainfield, New Jersey, 13-6 on the year. I think we're gonna see Jerry Cortez run out. Um, do you share the same? Oh, I got it. Now. Do you do you share the yeah, same? Yeah, I got it now. Yeah, but one second. This is, this is a preview of the uh, of, of the Nebraska pay announcer. Every time. Escape. Blanky blank. And you're like, go crazy. And then at Penn State, like, it'd be like, take down, nickel. Like, it'd be really quiet and like a whisper. Um, yeah, it was, so yeah, it was a rough night for, the guy, for that guy calling it, calling call the match <laughs> at Nebraska. Escape Lambert. Oh, man. Shout out to Jason Bryant for the sound clip. Um, all right, yeah. Let's go 133. I think it'll be Cortez. Uh, I'm gonna be. Let's say Cortez gets the gets the fall. He's good on top. Yeah. Oh, see, now we're switching it up. Now I, th- I I think Cortez gets gets the major or even just the decision. Um, I also don't know. No. I don't know what to expect for Jared working back from injury. I don't know how healthy he is. Uh, I would hope that if they throw him out there, that he's 100. percent So we'll see. At 141, Anthony Ashnell, good wrestler, number six in the country um, on Intermat. Let's go. Let's say Jimmy keeps it to a decision. It's gonna be ugly. Um, I'm trying. I'm, I'm really trying to be optimistic about Jimmy Goldbaum, but I just see. I don't see a very good wrestler out there when he goes on the mat. Um, more often than not, probably four out of five times, even against that includes against lesser competition. He's just. I don't know whether it's solely confidence. I don't know whether it's the weight. I don't know whether he just doesn't want to be out there. But he doesn't look good, and I think Ashnault probably takes him to town and picks up the major decision. Fair enough. I have the score ten to three, Penn State at this point. Um, you have it uh, ten to four. Let's go to one forty nine. Ken Theobald. He's actually pretty good. Twelve and four. Ranked in the top fifteen. Doesn't matter. He's going to get pinned. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, 15, uh, Sixteen to four. I don't know. That there's much of a, much of a uh, debate here. I think Zane's going to come out pretty pissed off after. The Puritan match, and even if he's not, he probably would have pinned Theobald. Sorry, Ken, you're going over. You'll be looking at the lights. Zane's going to pick up the fall. So I have it 16 to three. Uh, let's look at 157. John Van Brill, nice name. Def- oh yeah, this is the best name on this team. I know we did that. Yeah, last I really week. hope he goes by uh, JVB in the room, just because it's a bit. Yeah. No, but he's going to be looking at lights. I feel by the end of this one, I'm giving Nolf the fall. Um. And I'm going into the break at uh, 22 to three. I think Van Brill's going to be able to escape the fall, but going to get tech fault because he's going to give up just a remarkable amount of takedowns. So that makes that gives me what uh, 21 to 21 to four. Yeah. Let's go to 165. Willie Scott, uh, freshman, uh, 12 and six. But uh, I'm going to give Vincenzo the major. I think Chenzo really builds on the momentum he picked up last week and picks up the fall. I think he's he's okay. past due for that. He's actually worked pretty well on the top. And it actually wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't get it from top, if he goes feet to back with, with, with some type of big big throw for the fall. But I, I think he's past due and is really coming into his own. Fair enough. So that gives me a 26 to 3, and it gives you 27 to 4. Sounds about right. Let's... Let's go to 174. Who knows who's going to wrestle for Penn State this set, this, uh, this this Friday night? Well, it's been Gino now for four or five straight, but um, Shakur dealing with skin infection should be good to go this week. Um, if you look at the match notes, both are listed. No Mark Hall listed. I think we're getting closer to that not being an option. We'll see. Um, we, you and I both discussed off off air that. Yeah, but, I mean, you, both of our sources have has has his redshirt. Yeah, on. you and I discussed off air that if it's going to happen, it needs to happen in the next two weeks. You're not doing anybody any, I mean, any I favors. I prefer it to happen Friday night. Um, but I think we're going to see Shakur Rashid here, and I think we're going to see Rashid pick up a major decision. 
Okay, I think we're going to see Gino. <laughs> I think Gino gets a, gets a decision. So I have it 29 to 3. You have it uh, 31 to 4. Um, let's go to 184. Nick Gravina, another decently ranked kid. Um, but he's not Bo Nickel. I'm going to give Bo the fall. Yeah, um, Gravina's been very weird. He's kind of been up and down. I think he has a, a, a couple good victories on the year, but did not look good in losing to Illinois' 184 this past weekend. Um, and Bo seems just to be on a warpath, so I'll, I'll second your call there and uh, give Bo the six points. So what's that for you? 37-4? Um, I'm at 36-3. Um, let's go to 197. Um, and their, their lineup is really bad at the bottom, when I, from what I understand. Matthew Carrenti, Um I believe, actually, Carrenti was ranked pretty often in Flo's high school rankings. He's just not quite ready to go, I don't think. Um, I think he may actually end up being a pretty solid 197 wrestler for records with time. That being said, I think Matt McCutcheon, if he's healthy... Um, Kind of, I thought he might have looked at Any chance we see Kesar? He's not listed on the... Uh, uh, match notes. Match not, not listed on the match notes, but we'll see. Um, I haven't heard anything out of the room on that, so I, I'd be pretty surprised. But I think McCutcheon comes out and gets a major decision here if he's if he's ready to go. I'm giving, I, I'm giving Kutch the fall here. I debated it, but I realized that I'm giving everybody on this team a uh, pinfall or attack fall. <laughs> and at some point, that's just not... Oh, pinfall, not a word. Oh, a, a pin or a tech fall. Um, so I, I think at some point I'm probably over overcompensating and should step it back. So that's about... Uh, that happens here. Yeah. Um, no, I have it, now I have it 42 to 3 or something like that. You have it like 41 to 4. And... 285. Um, you know how I said that I was predicting too many falls? Yeah, this is definitely going to be a pitch. Yeah. Um, one of these poor kids are getting getting taken over. Both are eight, eight, or One's 8 and 6 on the year. One's 6 and 6 on the year, either. Rashawn Gross Jr., four records, or Mark McDonald. Um, Nick's going to put a hurting on one of these kids. Also, all of these kids are, are Jersey kids, too. They don't have one out of state kid. Jersey wrestling's a. I mean, pretty impressive, but no, it's good. It's very, it's good. It's just amazing to see. Yeah, that. very, very interesting to see. Um, so that gives me forty-one to four. I actually, which is, is funny, I don't know that I'd set the over under that high. I'd probably set the over under closer to like thirty-eight and a half, thirty-seven and a half. But forty-one to four, it forty-one to four. No, you're forty-seven for it. You have to add those six. You have forty-seven points. Okay, okay. So add six points to my over under then. Uh, Okay, so 44 is your over-under, and you have 47-4. to four. I end up with a 48-3 to three victory for Penn State. Oh, that'd be beautiful, too. But I, I think it's going to be a pretty comprehensive victory in the return home, and uh, could be a long night for the Rutgers wrestlers. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, Clay, are you a fan of Rutgers athletics? Not a huge fan. Can't say I am. <laughs> Me. Although I will say that every Rutgers wrestling fan that I've interacted with has been pretty solid, so yeah, no, we, we, cool. we met, will separate, separate Rutgers year. wrestling yeah. fans from the rest of the Rutgers athletic department. Um, if you were one of the Rutgers fans, I met at Mustang Sally's Bar last year before Penn State won the NCAA ch- a championship. Excuse me. What's up, if you're listening to this? So, What's up? Big time performance by Penn State, expect, predicted by both of us. Um, elsewhere in the country, we've got a pretty interesting weekend. Um I know I talked to you briefly off air about tuning into Iowa Oklahoma State, and I think this has, I mean, just massive storylines from top to bottom, from not just an Iowa and yeah. Oklahoma State perspective, but from a national perspective. <coughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, we can get more into that after the match, you know, next week. Uh, I'm kind of running out of time here. So our show. Your quick prediction on that um, on that duel: who wins? And give me a final score quickly. Uh, I just hope Iowa doesn't win. I have Iowa winning nineteen to sixteen, I believe. I, I hope Oklahoma State wins. Um, so big weekend across the country. Uh, glad to have Penn State wrestling back, and especially on back-to-back weekends. This is starting to feel like we're getting into the meat of the season, um, and hoping for some big things coming up.
Clay, we're only uh, we're only like eight weeks away. From, two months, um, two months out. TAs, yeah. I mean, we're right there. It's nitty gritty time. Pretty excited for them to pick up a sixth national championship in seven years. Oh, you're so confident. I'm so not. Hey, we'll find out. Uh, we'll find out as the season progresses. But I'm feeling pretty good right now, and haven't seen anything change my mind. Clay, did you notice that? Uh, Gavin Teasdale took his commitment off of his thing, off his Twitter page. I uh, hadn't noticed that, actually, but I know there's a, been a little bit of talk there, a little bit of scuttlebutt. Um, Iowa commit uh, has some ties to Penn State. Definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, I don't know that anything's imminent. I don't know that anything's going to change. But this is the second time in two weeks that something's happened. Again, you can't read too much into Twitter. I, I think you'd be a bit ridiculous to do that. But there's definitely some Penn State ties there, and it, it's not something to completely overlook. Clay, if you were putting your crystal ball on Gavin Teasdale, where are you putting it in at? I don't know how, how I feel right now. I, I think you, if you're an Iowa fan, it's nice to have his commitment, but... Until he signs on the line, I, I think pr- things are pretty wide open. I don't think things are that wide open. It'll be interesting to see how uh, that recruitment progresses. I think it's uh, pretty set in stone where he's going. Hey, we shall see. Uh, Going to be an interesting one for Penn State and Iowa fans to keep an eye on over the next uh, six, uh, to eight, six, seven months or so. Yeah, one fan base might want to cover their eyes. The other one, I think, would be a little happier. Um, but um, that's just my take on the situation. Um, other than that, Clay, I, I don't have anything else. Nah, um, happy to be back in action. Happy to be in the meat of the Big Ten season. And uh, looking forward to putting on a pretty impressive performance against Rutgers. Yes, go State, beat Rutgers. Yeah, that's all I have, too. Uh, you can find us wherever you can find podcasts, uh, literally anywhere. Um, like, subscribe, share, tell your friends. Uh, turn it on if your baby's sleeping so we get another download. I don't care. Hmm. Um, do, do what you need to do. Uh, all right. Uh, thank you, guys, and uh, have a great weekend. Peace out.